If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider helping by supporting our show. Although never expected, any support for our show enables us to keep bringing the audiobook club to your ears. Hello and welcome to the Audiobook Club. In this week's episode, we are so lucky to be joined by the founder and CEO of Pro Audio Voices, as well as a very talented actor and audiobook narrator as well, Becky Parker Geist. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Thanks, Johnny. Lovely stuff. Now, I'd really love to start right at the beginning. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about your background and how you found yourself in this mad world of audiobooks? Yeah, sure. Actually, um, my first memory of like really getting into audiobooks was when I was a really little kid. And we had you know, back in the day with record players. Okay, so we had a 45, this like little, you know, with the big hole in the middle, 45 record of Yogi Bear cartoon. And I would play that thing. I must have driven my family crazy. I would play (laughs) it and I would imitate the voices, you know, so I'd be Yogi Bear, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And um, so that was my first introduction. But then then I went, uh, uh, I ended up going, getting my degree in theater and English in college and then went on to grad school for acting. As I was coming out of grad school, I was looking around for jobs, you know, and I found Talking Books for the Blind. And all of their work is done through Library of Congress. And um, so that was right in the in Louisville, Kentucky. They have a studio there. And that's where I moved to when I first got married. So um, so I started with them as a contractor, mm-hmm. and it, it's kind of funny. I don't always tell this story, but I'll share it with you, is <laughs> that my first contract, like I'd auditioned, I'd been accepted. Mm-hmm. I, the first contract I did, I read this kid's book, and the person who hired me said, like, she was so upset with me, like, that I had, I had, uh, I had not done it, like, uh, in my audition or something. And and I, so I was like so nervous, um, and then so I redid it. It was you know it was a really short book yeah. and everything, and then she was really really happy with it. Well, before long, so it, I felt like I oh you know I got off to a rough start at first, <laughs> uncertain what I was doing, and then before long they told me I had become one of the most popular requested narrators, oh, and wow. so. There were just two of us, uh, a, a male narrator and me, and we got hired full time instead of doing contract by contract. Yeah. So then I felt I was like, okay, I got it. Oh. <laughs> I got this. I know what I'm doing now. <laughs> That's great. That you must have really yeah. made a fantastic impression to be taken on um, permanently. So you mentioned right at start having doing those Yogi Bear voices and all things like that. Did yeah. you make? Did you make that sort of? comparison when you first went for the audiobook job originally did you sort of have it in your mind of oh, I can do these voices I've been doing this forever or did you sort of realize once getting into those audiobooks hang on a second this is using this skill that I've had for for ages yeah I think probably the second I think I probably uh, connected it more later mm-hmm. you know as I started to think back on I, I mean yeah. I always loved playing around with my voice that yeah. was you know that was yeah. so fun. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh, when I got to actually start doing characters and stories, you know, that yeah. all um, just so fit for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and so, then 
as I was a, as I became a parent, you know, then reading yeah. to my kids, that was also also really really fun. Yeah. Yeah, so do you think, like, what drew you to storytelling and performing um, originally, do you think? Do you think it was always in you? Do you have any, you know, did it come from, like, an exterior family member or anything like that? I I suspect it was just in me um, mm. because, my well, like, my brother, who is the oldest, is also in, he's in media. He does video production, yeah. um, <clears throat> and he also enjoys some acting. And his kids do. My sisters, not so much. Um, I do remember my mom taking me to the theater. Uh, we lived near uh, uh, near Princeton, New Jersey, and so we would go to McCarter Theater, and I just yeah. was so enthralled with that world. And, and in fact, I think it was in middle school. I'm pretty sure it was in middle school that uh, they had put out they put out an audition call, right? Yeah, and I. Th- I, I thought, I'm going to do this. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't understand how to prepare a monologue, none of that. Yeah. And the person that seemed like pro- she probably knew more than I did was my sister, who was three years older, and she had taken some reader's theater class or something. So yeah. she, I learned what I could from her and went in. They were very kind. I'll just say that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, I don't know. But I was willing to take the risk, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what I feel so proud of uh, for myself is I, I was always willing to take the risk of making a total fool of myself. And I got to always learn from those experiences. Yeah. And I think that's that's a great way to move forward. Yeah, know? absolutely. So did you, find, did you find yourself sort of getting these sort of life lessons, as it were, through performing and through being on the stage and taking these jobs? Was there any transferable skills, um, you know, let's say into business from, from being an actor? Oh, absolutely. I think I, I meant so many skills. I mean, one is just that being willing to take a risk, you know, mm-hmm. being willing to step out and try something. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, there's so much about communication in theater. You know, in, in acting training, that's one of the main things is we're learning, well, how do we open ourselves up to be vulnerable? Mm-hmm. You know, how do, how do we access that part of ourselves and allow ourselves to, to be in front of an audience and be really true? Mm-hmm. And, and it's that truth that we're all drawn to. You know, when mm-hmm. we're, we go to the theater and someone is just acting as if but in a in a way that feels like oh they're just putting it on yeah then we don't really it might be funny you know but Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like it doesn't move us in the same way yeah but when somebody comes on stage and we really feel that they're like they're feeling what the character is feeling Mm -hmm. and they're going through that experience of the character then that's what that's what connects us you know so we we can we can feel that and and move with that, yeah. Yeah, I find that all really fascinating, um, and I think it's, it must be so fulfilling as well. Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think it it just has to be you know going through all those motions and things. It must be healthy as well. <laughs> to, to I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I remember at one point uh, feeling like, you know, that um, when I was growing up, I, it felt to me like anger was not really something like if I ever felt angry that that was not something I would appropriately express right yeah right 
But playing a character allowed me to really go in places that I would never let myself go yeah. as Becky. Yeah. You know, but I could as anybody else. And yeah. so, yeah, very uh, freeing in some ways. Do you yeah. think that 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 idea of accessing a character and of, of getting into the head of, of multiple characters when it comes with audiobooks, do you think that's what sort of attracted you to, to narrating audiobooks? Um, do you I, think that's what contributed to the enjoyment of it? Yeah, I do think it does. It, it definitely. Um, you know, it's a, it's a different style, right? So mm-hmm. we're playing the narrative voice, but then we mm-hmm. also get to play each of those characters. Yeah. And I love, like, you know, uh, stepping into the inside of the character's head as I'm doing each piece of dialogue and, yeah. like, finding who that person is. Um you know, sometimes it can be a little intense if, you know, doing something like a, a psychological thriller or something, you know. Yeah. And I've I've done those and and there are there are works that feel like, okay, I don't think that I should go there, you know, mm-hmm. because there is a there is a an edge where if you push beyond it, you know, it can yeah. go too far. But I think actually in the audiobook world because we're always coming back to that narrative voice, mm-hmm. it's almost like helps to provide a kind of balance in the overall process. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I've never really thought of it that like that before. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. And especially if this can be some really challenging, you know, dialogue or something, and it can, you know, sometimes be very upsetting, especially if you're taking yourself to that place and leaving a bit of yourself uh, in that yeah. character. You're absolutely right. When it comes back to the narration or, you know, you get to sort of take that breather and that's right back yeah. yeah this i find it really really fascinating the whole sort of concept of it um so founding pro audio voices has of course yeah. been a hugely hugely successful venture so when starting to develop the company what was the original mission of pro audio voices and what are some of the main pillars that have allowed pav to to make such a positive impact in the industry oh, yeah thanks um i think uh, initially and always, I've, I've wanted to be able to serve an international, you know, to, to work on an international level. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one aspect of it. But here's why. is I, I have always felt that when we are working together with people, you know, it, it, across the borders, right, these these false lines that we create or the, you know, or these little, but that we, when we were working globally, it gives us a, um, it helps us draw the world together. And it feels like there are so many ways in which we, as a global community are factious, you know, that we have a hard time working together. So the more, I feel like the more we can cross borders and help each other also, not just, working together, but also in the content that we're providing. Mm-hmm. So like when we do a book for an author from uh, from Uganda or Zimbabwe or South Africa, you know, mm-hmm. that we're helping anybody that listens to those to gain some insight and new perspective from an author in that culture. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really valuable. Yeah. So right from the get-go, I, I knew that that was something that was important to me. Um, and and really, uh, overall, just knowing 
how stories change our lives. I mean, I think that our lives are a story. You know, we live in this one moment that keeps transforming, right? We only have the now, right? But as we get engaged in stories, uh, you know, they they change the way we think, they change the way we feel, we cry, we scream, you know, whatever it yeah. is. Um, and so having that kind of an impact on the world through story, just, mm-hmm. it, it calls to me, you know, I just feel like, yes, you know, and yeah. whether it's audiobooks or theater, you know, for me, it's all a part of that, that same experience. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think audiobooks are a great example, uh, and theatre is another one actually. Of just one of those sort of mediums that the con- the consumer has to stop to really consume yeah. it. You have to give it your everything. Um, you know, you you got your headphones in and you listen to that audiobook or whatever. You're getting really into it, and I think that I think it's a really special thing being that intimate with a consumer. And and in those circumstances, you can really change somebody's mind, opinion, life in in, in some ways. And I think yeah. that's a really special thing. Um, yeah. Now, I know from having the pleasure of, of working with you and the PAV team um, that everyone involved shares this huge love for storytelling and audiobooks yeah. in general. Um, as a CEO, how important is it to surround yourself with talented and passionate co-workers? Oh, it is critical. Absolutely critical. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, you know, for... The first uh, several years of Pro Audio Voices, I was a solopreneur. I was just mm-hmm. doing all of the things. Initially, it was just me narrating, producing audiobooks on my own as narrator. Yeah. And then gradually, I started to have some other narrators doing some books that I, where I had the contacts, but uh, they wanted a male narrator. It's like, okay, I can make help make that happen. You know. Yeah. And and so it grew very slowly at first, and then um, uh, when my uh, one of my daughters, Jerry Lee, joined me in helping to grow Pro Audio Voices beyond where it was just me, <laughs> that um, it it just became exponential in terms of how we were able together having that synergy, mm-hmm. um, and so that just like what you were just talking about, that yeah. having somebody on the team who's creative and inspired and passionate uh it made all the difference in the world yeah and with each each team member that comes on that brings that spirit to it it's like it really feels like something magical is happening yeah it must be so special as well to to have jerry lee as you know as your daughter on board and sharing that with her as well it must be really special uh, and fulfilling for that it is awesome. Yeah. yeah. I um and and she's uh she's had times, you know, where she's left for a little while to go pursue some other things and then she comes back and um it's uh yeah, I don't even know how to express how great it is <laughs> to yeah. have her, you know, be, to be able to work with her in this uh endeavor. Yeah. yeah. And it's such a great job as well, being, you know, sort of exposed to so much different and varied content and getting to meet and chat with different authors and with different perspectives and different ideas. And it's it really is one of the, the pleasures of it, isn't it? 
It mm-hmm. is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've learned so much about so many different things <laughs> as a result of you know working with clients on their projects. Yeah. Um, so I'm tremendously grateful for that. <laughs> I, I think you can get very good at small talk in, at parties because you, <laughs> you start to pick up random facts of things that <laughs> you're <Right>. not quite <laughs> sure where to put it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the audiobook marketing program, or, as, or AMP as we know it, uh, has sparked yeah. endless interest in the industry and benefits authors all around the globe. Um, I know this may seem a little strange uh, to ask, uh, coming from someone who works on the program, uh, yeah. but would you be able to tell us a little bit about AMP and why it can be a game changer for authors? Absolutely. Uh, let me just uh, preface it with uh, so how we came about you know, creating an, an audiobook marketing program because yeah, that's it's uh, it says a lot about what the program is. Mm-hmm. So, in addition to uh, being CEO of Pro Audio Voices, I'm also president of Bay Area Independent Publishers Association. I'm actually uh, finishing up my eighth year as president and have been in the wow. a part of the group before you know for years before that. Um, and what I was seeing is both with our clients where we were producing these great audiobooks they're so happy and then they go out and there's like I don't know what to do how to mm-hmm. how to market it how to help promote it and I would share some ideas you know all the things I was learning uh and it just felt like ah I want to help my clients more you know because mm-hmm. they've got this these great materials um and then I was seeing a similar thing in in Bepa where we we would have um, we, I, I watched this pattern of authors and kind of they get excited about certain marketing ideas they start down the path most of the time they then get distracted or frustrated or you know that's like ah oh. mm. and then it sort of falls off so in looking at what was going on um, and wanting so much to help I come find, you know, what I was learning to uh, pull together a team. And the honestly, the biggest reason that I pulled together a team rather than trying to offer it myself is that while I know a lot about marketing, I don't feel like it's not my core expertise. And so what I really want is people for whom that is their core expertise. They're better at it than I am. And I am pretty well connected in many different arenas, both in the business world and publishing world. And so it allowed me access to network, you know, to Mm -hmm. find the people who would be those experts that I was looking for. So what I, what I was seeing, and this is like the first component of AMP Mm -hmm. is having a plan. You know, we talk about creating a plan most authors, I don't think, when it comes to their marketing, are really working with a plan that has been custom for them. Yeah. That is anything more than their best gathering of ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it really helps to have, first of all, an outside perspective so that they can, the, the, a marketing strategist can draw out from the author what their goals are where they want to go, who their audience is, and all of those things that really make a plan viable. Yeah. And a part of that is the research that goes into it once that first information has been gathered. And that's another part of our AMP program. And so then we're able to come back with a customized 
marketing blueprint and lists of keywords and hashtags that they can use in the marketing that have been researched for them so they know they're going to be like optimal for their project and their intentions. And then the other thing that we were seeing is, okay, so especially with audiobooks, we have all these great assets. We have all this audio, right? Yeah. And why not leverage that? Why not take that audio, create short videos, audiograms that we can then um, let our authors use to help themselves, uh, to help them promote themselves, yeah. right? Uh, often on social media, it could be on their website, you know, um, because, and this is something that I heard also from our marketing strategist was that with their clients, typically that was the hardest thing is coming up with those assets. And it's like, oh, assets, we can do those. <laughs> um, and so we don't have to be asking the authors to create something which is not in their core expertise. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so then we, so then when you get this this bank of media assets, you know, or videos, mm -hmm. uh, but there's more than that because there are images, there are there's audio, mm -hmm. and um, and then we we also engage with them on social media. So that is, you know, as we as probably most people at this point. No, it's not just about posting stuff. It's also about interacting. Yes. And uh, and so our engagement with our authors on, on social media is helpful in many ways. Yeah. Uh, and then we, I mean, there's, there's so many parts of it. No, it's great, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> and this is, you know, it's, this is a part of it. So I was looking at all the different areas. How mm -hmm. can we you know, can we best serve? Mm -hmm. So another piece is our audiobook authors YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And that is a place where we, we both post our authors' videos as well as providing them to them for them to post. Yeah. And we promote that channel on a regular basis. So that is a way that we as a community mm -hmm. can can help each other. Mm -hmm. So when one author in our community, you know, goes and looks at the video of somebody else that maybe is working in their same genre yeah. and then connects with them, shares mm -hmm. that video. You know, they're small things, but they can make a big difference. Mm -hmm. And it, it's real interesting, I think, you know, for so long, and I'm sure that there's still plenty of this thinking out there, but, you know, sometimes authors will think of other writers in their genre as their competitors when actually they are the very best allies. Because I don't think there's any author out there as prolific as you can get that can keep up with the voracious appetite of audiobook listeners, you know, who yeah, want material absolutely. that is, yeah. you know, in that genre that, that mm -hmm. or the genres that they really enjoy, yeah. you know. So when we help each other in that way, it's so powerful. And, yeah. um I think that's really I think that's a really interesting topic actually about sparking interest in that genre and not and wanting your fellow you know the, the same um as you say the authors in the same genre you know people who are doing sort of similar stuff in the same areas you're wanting them to succeed because it creates that appetite for that type of content that's right um, you know so yeah. yeah I think I think that's a really fascinating thing um as well you know that whole 
being able to get access to a community of like-minded people um yeah. i think is is sort of priceless really um now i, I know a form of building that a form of gaining access to that community also comes in the monthly coaching calls would right. you be able to tell us a little bit about that because i think that is uh, i think it's one of the you know, one of the most important pieces of the app program. Yes, yeah. yes, uh, I agree. Um, you know, one of this, and again, this was coming from looking at where where are authors having a challenge, you know, mm. and sometimes it's, sometimes it's staying on track, you know, mm. but and sometimes it's just needing a little bit of support, you know? Yeah. So every month we have an hour-long group coaching call. There's small groups, and that's really important because, uh, you know, you get that that one to one kind of attention mm-hmm. where you can ask your questions, get some answers, hear what other people are doing that is working, learn from them. You know, so we're sharing our victories, we're learning from our challenges. We're ha- ever there's always our marketing strategist is on those calls, uh, so that we can really help each other as a community and learn from each other and um and get those questions answered really feel the support yeah. that amp is providing yeah, yeah i i think i think it's really great and it's so nice to be able to actually speak to a real person as well these know. days you know <laughs> i think that's i think that's worth its weight in gold being yes. able to actually get a real answer um yeah so it's, it's been great i mean i've had the pleasure to sit in on many of those calls and uh, yeah. yeah they're just yeah. great fun as well and really supportive atmosphere and uh yeah, something really special, I think. Um, yeah. So as well as Pro Audio Voices, AMP, narrating and everything else, you also host the Audiobook Connection podcast, um, a show that uh, I'm a huge fan of, by the way. Um, okay. Can you tell us a little bit about the show, perhaps a little bit of how it got started? Yeah, yeah. We're like in episode 110 or something like that at this point. Um when I first actually had intended to start it even earlier than I did, but you know I'm so picky about audio, so I was uh, I, I just yeah. felt like I had to have it completely figured out, and then and, and then I did that. Okay, I just got to start, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I did. But um, yeah, it's really it's designed primarily for um, authors who are in you know looking at. Um, looking at audios, audiobook production as a, you know, as something that's coming up for them, or if they already have an audiobook and are trying to figure out how to market it, yeah. or, you know, or and just want to have some other input as well from what other authors are doing, as well as for others in the industry that are just interested in that kind of behind the scenes, um, you know, peek yeah. at what we're doing. I, I try to provide, you know, all the tips that I can, you know, in terms of um, production, marketing, you know, getting interviews uh, with all kinds of uh, folks, authors, but also um, marketing and PR professionals, you know, uh, yeah. it's it's quite fun. Actually, <laughs> I really love it. <laughs> The link to uh, the link to the podcast will be in the show notes below if uh, anyone wants to take a listen. I highly suggest it because I think it's so beneficial, um, especially if you're in the market for getting an audiobook. I just want to learn a little bit more about it. Um, yeah. Now, I know that Pro Audio Voices are no strangers to producing podcasts. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the podcasting services that Pro Audio Voices have to offer? 
Sure, yeah. So we have, um, most often we're working with uh, folks that are just trying to figure out how to get it started. So we do the full setup, everything from, Mm -hmm. you know, here's the kind of microphone you need to, uh, or if they already have one, awesome. But uh, we get them set up with their intros and outros and um, all the metadata, all these things that you don't really think about much. You just think, oh, I'm just going to get on, get a microphone, start talking, you know, but there's just a whole bunch of other stuff that people don't usually think about. And so we help get all of that set up and we can provide... um, editing and hosting, um, you know, management of episode yeah. cover images, you know, kind of, yeah. we have always in, um, in all of our work, whether it's audiobooks or podcasting, marketing, we're always trying to meet people where they are and, um, and, and then find that balance of creating systems that can work consistently uh, but also being able to help people with exactly what they need and yeah. not just a whole bunch of other stuff and maybe they only need one little thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I yeah. think I think it's really, I think it's a great service as well with the fact that it is, it is customized to whatever they might need because podcasting is, is one of those things that is gaining great traction now. In fact, we're recording yeah. this on one of those things, very, you know, on a podcast yeah. right now. But it's one of those things, especially for marketing purposes and getting your voice out there, growing your brand it's it's getting super popular isn't it it is yeah mm. and there's so much you can do uh, especially if you have an audiobook you know there's even more options that just kind of open yeah. up for you yeah so yeah you can yeah i mean people put in um putting out sort of samples on on you know podcasts and things we've had on this podcast yeah. we've we've shown a few uh, samples of audiobooks and just i think it it can with the fact that podcasts are so you know sort of they can be distributed across so many different channels and it can really bring in more listeners than than maybe something that's solely on like audible for example right right yeah. and i i do know that there are people that feel super comfortable in the podcast world and feel like they don't know anything at all and are scared to enter the audiobook world which is kind yeah. of funny to me but yeah. i know that those people exist out there yeah. so you know it's like if our if our goal is to reach as many people as possible then yeah including podcast, you know, a podcast as part of the overall plan, even if it's just like turning your audiobook into a podcast, and that's it. Yeah. That's also an option. Totally fine. Yeah. But it will reach more audience that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great. So yeah. moving on to something a little bit different. Uh, I know that you're currently or may even be in the final stages of writing a novel. Uh, Would yes. you be able to tell us a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. Uh, So its title is The Left Turn, Decision That Split the Universe. It sort of falls in that um, visionary and metaphysical fiction or magical realism. Yeah. And um, I've been, I started it in 2013. Wow. Most of the, most of those years were, I didn't do anything on it because I was busy with audiobooks. Yeah. I was not you know, focused on being a writer. Yeah. But um, I guess I it was about, it was just a little before the pandemic hit that I was like, I, I want to finish this. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I really got fully back into it. It's been so much fun. Um, so I've been 
mapping out my uh, my sort of launch sequence, which the audio book, we're doing audio first. Nice. And audio, yeah. that'll be launching July 17th. And uh, we'll follow later with the other things. But I am definitely also doing the audiobook marketing program as yeah. a client of our program because yeah. I know the value that's there. And so I want that for my own book as well. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah, <laughs> think, yeah. Has, I'm doing it. Has working on, uh, you know, working on so many stories uh, and audiobooks um, and being in constant communication as well with authors and writers, has that changed how you approached writing a story? Hmm. Interesting question. When I first started writing, it I was on a bike ride and I just had this thought and then suddenly this whole scene emerged and it yeah. stuck in my head until I finally wrote it down. And then I was doing something else and some other scene just like started to develop in my head. So I was like, okay, yeah. I'll write it down. So, <laughs> so I kept writing down these different like chapters and scenes until there were quite a few of them. I thought, okay, I guess it's time to figure out how they all fit together. Yeah. And then I was more consciously choosing to write to fill in the in-between material. But I knew early on what the beginning and the end were and mm. what a lot of the path was. Mm. Isn't it just the best when ideas come into that, you know, into your head and it just pops up and you're doing something totally random, something pops up and you just feel so engaged or inspired. Isn't that just the best feeling? It is the best. I love it. <laughs> it I'm having so much fun with it that, um, you know, and now I'm I'm figuring the, out the, the com it'll be the second book in the series, although it takes place, there is a pal parallel universe aspect to the story. And so it will actually take place over the same time, but a different parallel. Okay. That's super interesting. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be quite yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> has writing always been a passion for you? It has. Uh, it? I think it was when I, I think I was about six when I wrote my first book, which yeah. was. Um, wow. I, yeah. Well, I wrote yeah. it. On, on this little tiny notepad in orange pencil. It was called A Man Called Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I think I unearthed it much, you know, much later as an adult, so that's why I know that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I wrote my first chapter book when I was in third grade. And uh, I, I, I've always always wanted to be a writer from the time yeah. I was just really young. Yeah, that chapter book, I was I had this experience this was before everything was digital right mm -hmm. so it was like handwritten and i was so proud of this book that i'd written in third grade and i showed my seventh grade english teacher and he lost it and i don't think i ever fully forgave him <laughs> i don't blame you i couldn't believe it was the only copy i had you know so yeah. uh yeah but it taught me the lesson of never give away never hand off your only copy of something yeah oh that's oh, no. <laughs> that's awful. we must write to that person and see if we can uncover it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i saw him years later and asked him about it and now he had he 
I don't know what he did with it, but yeah. it's long gone now. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you say when did you say we could we could look forward to um, getting your, our hands on your novel? Did you say July? Yeah, July seventeenth yeah. is the audiobook launch, and then I'm at the moment my I'm planning for the print launch to be last. Yeah, and for that to happen October eleventh. The reason for that date, though, is because that's yeah, you could say it's the anniversary, but that like October eleventh is the date that the novel starts. So it seems kind of fitting, yeah, to do it on the eleventh. Yeah, that's a really great idea. So everyone must get it on the first day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and uh, so I I am going to start off. So Amplify will be my, which is Amplify is a part, is a program that we offer through Pro Audio Voices, uh, which is like a direct sale uh, Mm -hmm. option. And it's also included in the audiobook marketing program. And that's the way I'm going to start with my my launch. And I'm going to have an 11-day sale where it will be (laughs) $11.11. I've just been having so much fun with the numbers, you know. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So we are running uh, just a little bit, you know, it's close to the end. Um, And I know you're very busy, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, But on a very rare day off uh, away from the office or studio, I know you're super creative. What can we find you getting up to on a on a on a normal day off? Do you have many interests away from performing or storytelling, etc.? Oh, I love biking. Uh, So I will often go for a bike ride or uh, go play with the grandchildren. I've got two little girls who are, uh, she's the oldest one's almost five. The youngest oh. is two and a half. So they're pretty delightful to hang out with and yeah. very energetic. Um, <laughs> or, you know, taking a hike. Uh, mm-hmm. I love being outside and, uh, and you know, yeah. the audiobook world usually has me enclosed in a booth like this. Uh, yeah. where <laughs> no windows and, you know, uh, no, yeah. no real fresh air. Uh, so... Getting outside and yeah, do you being find get do you find getting outside getting you know staying active and that sort of thing do you find that that helps your creativity when you get back into back into absolutely. the booth back into the studio oh yes absolutely yeah something that I have learned over the last few years that I was really terrible about for the years before that is how important it is to actually take breaks mm. I used to just like get up pretty much work till I couldn't function any longer and then you know go to sleep and yeah. I don't do that anymore so now my life is much more um much more balanced uh yeah. it feels I feel much more creative more alive I'm actually can do a lot more when I work less yeah I get I get you on that one yeah, yeah. um absolutely you sort of see I think it's the sort of thing of keeping the brain sort of fresh and active and you can get yeah you know you can be way more productive in a and when you're feeling good and you're feeling on top of things, you can get yeah. so much more done in like an hour than you could do three hours sluggish or whatever, you know. That's right. Um, yeah. 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 I think I think especially with, you know, a lot of it's sort of, you know, narrating and editing and producing audiobooks and things. It can be so um, sedentary. It can be it can be a little bit lonesome sometimes as well. If you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if you're in the booth on your own and things, I think it's so important to to sort of have that life balance and getting outside and and, you know, communicating with the outside world. Yes, yes. Seeing people, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which has, you know, had its own challenges in the COVID world, but yeah. we're getting back to where we can actually <laughs> I more easily. <laughs> I think um, I say this to my partner very bitterly. She's, you know, she's a real people person. She's out there all the time. She's a teacher. So she, you know, she's mm-hmm. around, you know, 30, 40 um, kids constantly. 
Um, yeah. I obviously work from home on my own, um, live in a tiny village, so there's no one around. So I think that during COVID, everyone kind of got a taste of my medicine. <laughs> <That's a test>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so when people were complaining, but that's what it's like to be me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so thank you thank you so much becky for joining us on the show today it's been it's been a true pleasure to get to chat um have you anything that you'd like to tell us about just before we we sign off oh goodness i don't know uh it is this, this has been really fun for me as well um i guess i will uh i will also share my author website yeah um, because absolutely. so that's becky parker is my author website it is not live yet but it will be fairly soon so great you'll be able to find all of the links to the pro audio voices website to the website just listed details about the audiobook marketing program the audio connect uh, audiobook connection podcast uh, and much more in the show notes um thank you once again becky for taking the time to chat to us um, and i hope you have a great rest of your day thank you so much it's been fun thank you so much for listening to this episode of the audiobook club this episode was sponsored by pro audio voices If you have a story you want to bring to life, head over to ProAudioVoices.com to get in touch with industry professionals that can take care of every step of production, as well as offer support and guidance with marketing, growing your brand, and boosting your sales. Once again, that's ProAudioVoices.com. Thanks for listening.